Welcome to The House Files, a podcast about building a triplex in Portland, Oregon. Which mostly exists to talk you out of doing so. And uh, we have been really bad at answering comments because we like... We, you know, try to film some of these in advance and we're doing this as like a documentation progress. But frankly, you all have had such good and interesting and often helpful, if sometimes a little overly critical comments. Uh, And, you know, as we have made very clear, we have no idea what we're doing for a Mm -hmm. lot of this. So it's been really helpful to see some of your comments. But we thought we would answer some of the questions that we can't answer or talk about how we're trying to find out the answers to some of the other questions. And uh, maybe just uh, respond to some of the things. So we picked out a huge chunk of comments from the past like dozen episodes. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I think first up is uh, this question from Sven. I would have expected that the solar installation is planned before the roof is finished. So the needed mounting points can be installed. Isn't starting to plan this now kind of like a retrofit? Yeah, it's a good question. Um so there have been plans to put panels on the roof the entire time, uh, but the physical panels were not decided yet because um, didn't need to. The way they all get installed is these giant long tracks that get bolted to the roof and then the panels sit in the tracks. And the very important part that we did have to do, that we did do from the very beginning, is the engineering to make sure that the roof supports that amount of weight in that spot. So there is... It is planned that there will be that amount of weight at that part of the roof and it will support it all the way through. But so, the actual vendor is different. Yeah, yeah. The actual panel doesn't matter and um the the there isn't really anything else we can plan as far as where to put the things to bolt the, the rails to because you just don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh regarding the fiber runs, do you plan on running cabling with multiple fibers in it or just to be on safe side if one fails or for future needs? Right. So this is the fiber runs, which we're doing. There's like there's three fiber runs that are going to be part of What is of the, a fiber run? This is the uh, cable that will handle network traffic between okay. the two buildings. Okay. So it fiber has a couple of advantages over traditional copper wire. Uh, one, it can go a lot farther. We don't have any distances that actually require that because like 300 feet is the max you can do with copper and the whole lot is only 100 feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other huge advantage is it is not electrically connected if you have a literal copper wire run between two buildings it needs gra- it is it's it, grounded it, right so. well no it is a electrical connector which mm. means we have two different grounding rods one in this building one in that building so now we've got differences in voltage there and that's going to cause problems if there was an electrical connection okay also if you're doing this out like in a field it can be a lightning rod kind oh. of which oh, is okay. not like mm. a great thing so mm. fiber is not copper it's not a wire it's just a tube for light so you can do longer runs but also not electrically connected tube for light sounds like something out of star trek it is so Um, are you going to do multiple ones so yeah the plan is um i've identified three spots that i want to do fiber runs to connect the two buildings um one will be from my studio to your studio and are there going to be doubles and every run is going to be a fiber strand that has six fibers in it okay and part of that is for and if the light escapes from one of the strands (laughs) can it go into another strand i know how this works no they're like you know shielded so it guides the the light through the strand cool fiber is very cool Mm -hmm. um 
So yeah, right now the plan is these strands have mul or these fiber cables that we will buy have multiple strands in them. And um, I might just have have them do two of the cables because again, when everything is when you're starting from scratch, like the cost of doubling up the the Cable. number of wires is much less than um, trying to do it later. So yeah, yes, twice. Okay, um, Amory. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, says uh, that perhaps we could, should get a giant gaming monitor instead of a smart TV oh. uh, because we, you know, kind of had struggled to find anything that is um, right. not a smart TV. Um, and then a bunch of stuff I don't understand. I have a KNX based automation system here, which is a CAN based wire bus carrying data and power. Switches and lamp controllers all talk on the bus. Basic configuration can work together in total autonomy and things can be externally controlled through an IP IP to a KNX gateway. Aaron is nodding because Aaron understands that. I I haven't seen this. I haven't actually used this kind of system, but I've read about it. Um, I don't actually know the downsides, disadvantages, and advantages of this over what our current plan is, which is doing it through the wireless protocol, um, the uh, Cassetta, mm. um, which is their own wireless protocol. I don't know enough of that, but I'm going to have to look into that. I think it could be interesting. Uh, so Jenna says... Do you know about Sampleize and similar companies? You can order pre-painted swatches of paint colors. I ordered way too many for my closing and had very poor lighting condition, uh, conditions after sunset to make judgments because of the previous owner's terrible taste in light bulbs. So I'm still quite happy with my choices. So it can definitely be done in the absence of accurate lighting. Interesting. Uh, maybe we should do that. I mean, it's too late to do it for our cabinet colors, right. but I could do it for my office. We also haven't picked wall colors. Yeah. So well, every wall is a cabinet, so yeah. we kind of have already. <laughs> right. Uh, that's great. That's a hot tip. Yep. Uh, Lynn Hog Lindhaga, Lindhaga, uh, says or Lindyaga, one of the two. Uh, I'm shocked about the building standards the U.S. has. How about all that moisture in the woods? No scaffolding with protection around it, so it keeps everything dry. So many questions. Okay, so don't like don't say U.S. I think a lot of our Europeans are kind of thinking that the way we're doing construction reflects on all of the U.S. Um, building standard codes are not a U.S. There's very few of them that are shared by the entire U.S. This is usually done at the state level in the U.S. So every state is different. And then additionally to that, there are city standards. And then on top of that, the type of construction significantly changes what kind of requirements you have. There would be physically no place to put scaffolding on our lot. We are a single family home lot. Um, I know that like especially Europeans all think that like American lots are these huge suburban lawns, but we are in a city. We are, you know, it's not New York City tight, but like mm -hmm. we are on a small lot. Um, and because it is essentially a zero lot project in that like we're up, up to the edges, um, there is no place for scaffolding um, and it wouldn't really be necessary. Well, that's the thing is it, it, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Like, it's just not a problem. And right. it is a little bit weird to see the 
soggy wet plywood oh i'm very worried about the soggy wet plywood but But. it's just not a problem and it's very normal for this this is just how things get done here um yeah so the 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 sogginess i think stresses people that are that are out that are watching from drier parts of the u.s Mm -hmm. we are in portland where wood is constantly covered by water because it we live in a rainforest so we are in the definition of this is how things work here and you know aaron's dad is um from California, well, not but like started working in California at like on construction sites mm-hmm. and then moved to Oregon in the 80s and was like, when we first moved here, we were like, what, what is going on? Like, how are they building in all these soggy conditions? But obviously did it for a really long time has been yeah. building up here. It's just how things get built here. They're um, what I have been told which does seem to be kicking off now. We will probably do an entire episode about like how to dry out a house, but there is essentially the building gets closed up um, once the windows go in because you can't just, it's just not possible to keep water out in Portland. But but here's the thing is that again, like it just doesn't matter. So right now it's just wood. Like the structure is only wood. So there's nothing else in the structure that can get damaged or cause damage. And there's no, there's no, nothing is airtight. So there's just, free-flowing air yeah so it actually does dry out like when it stops raining it does dry out already so the thing that you have to worry about getting wet is not the wood not the plywood it is the drywall and there is no drywall in the building yet so the the period in which you get all the moisture out and you get everything dry once the windows are in the roof is on then you seal things up you put dehumidifiers and dryers in there and you get everything dry as a bone before you put any um, plywood it would or only, any drywall in. This would only be a problem if we were covering up wet wood with other things. Yes. And, and that's where the problem would be. But no, like the whole thing is going to get dried out and there will not be a drop of water once we're actually ready to seal the building up. But yeah, it makes me nervous too. I just keep, this is why I said it's our soggy plywood castle. Yep. I mean, but this is just how the how building works. It is not possible to keep rain away in the Pacific we Northwest. We wouldn't be able to build things if we had to wait we for would have weather. We would have three weeks <laughs> yeah. of building weather in the Pacific Northwest. Um, that's It's just how it works. But yeah. yes, so the, that's like all of the questions. Um, Historic Home Plans, who is actually our architect... <laughs> Um, and Aaron's uncle, uh, said, I had a cork floor in my design office in California around 16 years back, and I really loved it. It muted the sound in the space, was soft underfoot, and looked lovely. One thing is that that it lightened considerably over the course of about three years when it was receiving direct sunlight, so it became quite uneven in color throughout the space. Personally, I like that kind of natural variation, but it's not for everyone. I believe we got our cork from Green Building Supply. We also used natural linoleum, not vinyl, in another part of the space, which was similar in its qualities. That was from a company called Forbo, Forbo Marmoleum. Um, so yeah, that's the thing about linoleum that uh, like I think a lot of people think linoleum is that like vinyl that is made to look like linoleum. But mm-hmm. linoleum is actually a natural like flooring. It's one of the one of the oldest types of flooring, um, and uh, is a quite a good natural flooring. And uh, we thought about linoleum. The reason we didn't go for linoleum or cork, and we're firmly decided against the cork now as firmly as we've been decided on anything, um, is partially that 
variation, which can also happen to linoleum from the sun, because we are going to have quite uneven sun mm-hmm. in like our entryway and everything, because we have these big, weird windows. Um, but the other reason is that the cork is not great in this wet Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that we heard, even though it's sound dampening, it isn't, it, it, it kind of has some absorption to the cork and that isn't necessarily the best in a very soggy place that is um, has the risk of mold. So that's why we ended up deciding not to go with the cork. We are going with bamboo. Um, someone's going to have to try to talk me out of that at this point um, yeah. in our unit. And then we are doing LV um, luxury vinyl plank yeah. in the other two units, which um, I hope we don't regret. Um, James has this very long... Uh, comment but the main thing is that for rentals don't use fancy showers Mm. faucets um, which we ended up deciding to do when we went through all the plumbing we um, essentially what we got was from build.com one thing we didn't really realize I did not know how much variation there is in shower systems and cost Mm -hmm. because we went to look at Kohler because we were like, it's a place with faucets. And we didn't know that everything we were looking at was like a $700 piece, like including like the things that go behind that you don't even see are more expensive. I didn't know how many parts go into the wall for a shower. Also, there's like three different ways that that can work and they all have weird names. So... Yeah. Um, yes. And then James also said, make sure all your water shutoff valves for the toilet sink are the quarter torn style. They are much more reliable than the multi-turn washer style. That's a good point. I like the quarter turn ones a lot more. I don't know what any of that means, but sure. If you're if you're going to turn off the, if you want to turn off the water to the toilet. Yeah. Do you have to turn it, twist, twist, twist until it finally shuts off? Or the off, one that just goes, just... I have never known that there's a variation that's like, built in i just thought that some of them kind of sucked and then (laughs) yeah yeah uh that is good to know yep uh so uh we got a lot of comments on our gas um stove Mm -hmm. video mostly a lot of people congratulating us for our decision um but several years ago in my city i remember a house exploding due to a gas leak there was nothing left of the house and the two houses next to it were quite destroyed too the explosion was heard many blocks away the event basically horrified me enough to never get a gas stove oh my gosh uh yes i yeah i get it um i keep thinking about the fact that gas explosions and gas leaks are always what are used in like spy movies when they're trying to like explain away explosions uh and so i you know i feel like i shouldn't i don't want anything in my house that that they could could be part of a spy movie yeah or like they could use to cover up the assassination of me by the state yeah that seems right it's so funny today we met your parents and they were on their way out and then texted us and they were like oh uh your dad is we we're gonna be late your dad is airing out the house because he left the stove on <laughs> and i was like and aaron was like that's not safe uh that's why <laughs> gas like, stoves aren't safe and, and my mom said only for old people <laughs> but that's like that's the thing is just i don't want a stove that like has no errors of yeah yeah, yeah. okay um yeah it's terrifying uh, there were a lot of people who had comments about how you need special pots and pans for mm. uh, induction. For us, it doesn't matter. Almost all of our stuff is already rated for induction because I don't like to get things yep. that aren't real metal anyway. Um, I don't. I have 
I've long been anti nonstick. So, um, and we use a lot of cast iron. Something that someone pointed out, though, that I had not thought of is you can get these thin Teflon liners and just lay them on the induction stove. So if you want to protect your glass induction from uh, your cast iron pot, you can put things on top of it. In between. In between. Because it's magic. So Magic stove. All right. Uh, Sven had an absolutely, this is, we completely agree with this. What I hate about modern electric stoves, no physical controls Mm. anymore. I want a knob to turn and switch it off. No touch buttons where I have to first select the hob and then push another touch button many times to change the temperature. And then it starts beeping when I wipe it down because help, water is on me, help. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with this. And, um, this is, I have been wondering if we should reconsider the actual stove top we're getting because of this. And I... The one we found is like, uh, I'm okay with the interface. There's like four separate sections for each burner where you, and it's just like tap on the number of the setting you want. Uh, some of the ones that we looked at that were actually a lot more expensive had a full on Android device in the stove I with know. a color touchscreen. Absolutely I was just like, not. No, I do not want to have to update the operating system of my stove ever. I'm just remembering the in Silicon Valley, the television show where he hacked everybody's smart fridges to like flick people off uh, in their like ice dispenser. And I feel like I don't want a stove that can be hacked remotely. Agreed. Um, But there are some that actually do have physical knobs and um, the trick more expensive. They're actually not that much more expensive. I was looking at the other day. Are you sure? Yeah, they were almost the same price. But here's the one thing I did realize. Because of the way, because we're getting the cooktop by itself, not as part of like a single unit thing, we're getting like this panel that you drop into the counter, which means where are the knobs going to be? They're going to be on the surface, not like on the front. Yeah. Right. And what that does mean is that there will be wherever the knobs are. There was one that had like four knobs on the side. Now you can't drag pots off in that direction because they're kind of in the way. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, We'll have to see. We'll see. Can we afford it? Depends on how many cabinets we buy. We're Well, a perfect lead into the next one. Oh, yeah. Douglas Dollar says, every surface as a cabinet is fantastic. Also, I love the tiered look of the exterior rather than making three skinny homes. That was a big part of the design goals that went into this whole thing was not looking like three skinny houses that's what everybody builds in portland yeah. which we've learned we it's, still haven't really done haven't a really like done episode the on the planning yeah. struggles yeah the struggle bus of the planning situation the reason that you see so many skinny houses like that is because of the building code that it falls under which is residential when everything is separated with a full floor to roof vertical separation all of a sudden now you're in the residential building code so things are simpler cheaper easier to do you know fireproof between the units and that kind of stuff and we're doing it on hard mode where yeah. the units are stacked horizontally and i think it looks better but it also has introduced a lot of extra complications including an actual literal commercial sprinkler system being installed so but again like it's a sprinkler system that's also actually really good for safety so maybe it's not the end of the world anyway yeah um yes it is i agree it, i think this is a much better design than the three skinny things 
Um, well, I will also say that Historic Home Plan said, I hate to break it to you, but closets are like highways. Add lanes to highways and you get more cars and a bigger traffic jam. I have thought about that. I have wondered about is the about, like, induced demand of closets. which Build is, more closets and you will find a way to fill it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I will, like, you know, your, your dad keeps saying you'll never regret adding more closets mm-hmm. and having more storage. And I hope that is that, that true, but like, I will say we keep buying storage for our current place because it ha- doesn't have enough storage and then we still exceed that amount of storage. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, induced demand. Yes. Um, uh, okay. Word of the week, Eric says, is uh, dusty millennial pink ranks right up there with the soggy plywood castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the color we're hoping to do our... Uh, our closet in. Oh, right. If we get allowed if we, to do. If we're allowed to do painted closets. Um, Eric also asked, can we get an episode on the topic of the mysterious dumbwaiter references? I realize that we haven't really fully explained that whenever we've done these walkthroughs because it's not you can't there yet. S- yeah, you can't see anything yet. Well, the, it, the pad got poured now though, the, right? The pad got poured, but the frame, like the tunnel for the dumbwaiter is on the outside of the house. Yeah. So like there's nothing, you don't see anybody on the inside and they also haven't cut out the doorways Right. for it on the inside yet so when we're whenever we're walking through it it's just like it doesn't cross my mind because it's not actually there yet yep but no the 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 short version is it is a tiny elevator attached to the side of the house and it has a door on the outside ground level so we walk home throw a bag of groceries in that go inside hit the you know hit the button to send it up to the third floor and then it pops out in the kitchen or the roof. Or the roof or your office. Although well, we might have to cut that stop. Aaron's trying to cut the stop. Apparently it costs more based on how many stops it does. And I think it's already going right past my office. And <laughs> like I want you to be able to send me down like like treats from yeah, the yeah. from the I want to send my dishes up. I mean, I also don't really I try not to eat in my office, but um, Yeah, my my argument is um like I'm, I'm pretty set on it having ground floor, obviously, because that's yeah. how we're gonna put stuff in from the outside. Kitchen, definitely, because that's yeah. the whole point. Is like take groceries. a bag of groceries up to the main floor without having to carry it up three flights of stairs. Yep. Rooftop is pretty high up in the priority list too, because yeah. again, like it would be really nice to be able to shove a bunch of dishes in there. Yeah. Go up to the roof where we will, we are planning on eating. eating. On yeah, the that's roof. like half the purpose of it, right? Yeah. And then the so that leaves if we if we do cut one, it would be the office stop because yeah. there's a lot of room to eat in this house. You don't need to eat in your office. It's true. I just <laughs> I know that it'll be useful if we have it, yeah. but um I don't know if it'll be the extra isn't it like a thousand dollars or something it adds on to the price? Yeah. 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 I the my question is can we add a stop later? I don't know the answer to that question. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Interesting question. Yeah. Well, so anyway, yeah, maybe we'll do a dumbwaiter episode, but I'd like to have something to show you before we talk yeah. about the dumbwaiter because we don't physically have it yet. We just have like holes and a pad for it yeah. and it's in the budget. So yeah. um, Benjamin commented before he finished watching the video <laughs> and said, have you all considered a cedar hot tub and having it built up there? Does it need to be fancy in jets? And the answer is that is what we are doing. Yeah. Um, I hope we don't regret it. We have heard that cedar can kind of be a pain in the butt to take care of. Um, but yeah, we like the look of it. Mm-hmm. We are excited about the smell. Mm-hmm. Like it smells like wood. And this actually does have jets on, along half of the half of it. So yeah. You can't see them. Like they're from, not like massage no, jets. No, they're not like the, the giant 
weird. They're for circulation. Yeah. Um, which you apparently need. Yeah. Like apparently, like a, you don't want water that just sits but it's there. Like, and it's more than just like the one that you would do on the floor for circulation. It's like yeah. it is meant to be like you a know, little bit uh, of bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, why? <laughs> Another question: Why is that builder allowing all that water penetration? That can lead to a serious mold situation, and the house should be roofed and wrapped to keep it dry. Well, we roofed it. Okay, the roof is done. The roof is done, but the but the decks are also part of the roof and the deck. It doesn't. Done, but it, it doesn't. It, the roof doesn't keep the water out. It we keep live out of the window. We live in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sorry. Yep. We're in a rainforest. Um. Uh. That's just how it goes. It's it's not going to mold because. Again, nothing is sealed up, so there's nowhere for the mold to like grow right now. Yeah, yeah, it's everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's she fine. says, rocking back and forth in the corner. <laughs> I, it, it'll be. I if if it wasn't possible to build like this, and every like every house in the Pacific Northwest would have mold mm-hmm. within by the time they're built. Yep. So, because like there's only a two month window in Portland where you could feasibly built without getting rained on even the giant commercial building apartments like they the that's what they look ones, like they do the same thing yeah they just yeah build it out of plywood and then eventually dry it out it yep. yep okay i love the phrase soggy plywood castle i think that might end up being the house name at yeah. the end of this <laughs> <laughs> um Macaro siding says is this your forever home the number of stairs could be a problem as you mm. age well that's part of what the dumbwaiter is meant to offset um yeah, that's that, le- yeah. that's the thing I also so um Aaron's mom is our kitchen uh and bath designer and she has like her aging in place certificate um and one of the things about like the aging in place uh things is that quite often they're you you can't make stairs disappear generally like we we would we had to build up right the original house was a one level and that wasn't enough house um we had to build up but there's a couple things you can do and we kind of considered all of those things in this house so there is a full bath toilet and a bedroom on each of the floors Mm -hmm. so if you get up to either the second or the third floor on our unit you can kind of set your space up so you know eventually that room might not be my office but if one of us has needs where we can't easily go up and down the stairs you can kind of make your living on one floor um which is part of it that also factored into like the kitchen design the dumbwaiter helps a lot um because carrying things upstairs is often a lot harder than just physically going up the stairs right and then the last part is for a lot of people they actually say if you keep walking upstairs all along um it it extends your both like physical fitness and it makes you able to keep climbing it like there are a lot of little old ladies in flushing flushing queens that have been climbing to their fifth story walk up in their like 90s um but it's a matter of if you stop and then you move in that's one of the factors and then the final piece is that this is a triplex and the ground floor unit is built to accessible and visitable standards visitable is a thing the city of portland made up um it's like not quite as strict as ada accessible yeah but um, that one is all on one unit, no stairs. Um, the that, that was actually a very intentional design goal for this as well, which yep. was that is street level. You walk in from the street, same level, and then all of that unit is on that one floor. Yeah. And it uh, does not have stairs in it at all. So 
that's like I don't know backup backup plan. Yeah, or or <laughs> also potentially for like if we have family members as they yep. age that maybe we want to have closer to us, they could have their own unit in the house yep. um, that is more accessible. And but like backup, if something really changed and we needed that accessibility, we could move into the lower unit. And last, lastly, yeah, lastly, there's like so many lastlies. Uh, there is one other version way to solve this problem which i have um stumbled across when i was researching dumb waiters which is in-home elevators mm. which sounds bananas but it's actually kind of cool basically you can just put this tube in your house and it's like about three feet around and it's an elevator fully functioning elevator and we do have a giant we have a giant entryway entryway and we could put it in the entryway when you walk in and Re- redo the kitchen to uh, make it so you can come out into the kitchen. I mean, this solution involves a lot of money, probably. Yeah. Um, but, but the also, plan is to have a lot of money later. Yeah, <laughs> that's the plan. We'll solve all of this by being rich later. Yeah. Um, I will also say that um, I do think uh, tools for retrofitting homes and making them more accessible will significantly change in the next 20, 25 also years. Um, like... You know, even things like the chairlifts that you can install in mm. stairways and stuff like that, mm. those have come a long way mm. in the past 15 years. Mm. So I'm hoping with aging, we will be able to make choices. That we'll have will... transporters by then and we just beam ourselves across between the floors. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, not not. We will be living in a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> and <laughs> climate change will mean we never leave the house anymore. <laughs> yours is up op- the optimistic version yeah. mine is the realistic one okay uh sven has a comment about the karaoke room i agree that it will look better without the built-in closet we actually already have seen it without mm-hmm. the built-in closet i think it does look better um opening the door would essentially be standing in front of a wall yep is there a reason people in the u.s are so keen on built-in closets to me a freestanding one offers more flexibility maybe not relevant as in a real bedroom but any room that might be used for other things is losing space to a built-in closet um there is a very clear reason why they are preferred in the u.s they tend to be mandated so zoning requires built-in closets in a ton of the u.s like zoning is a very local thing right um but generally in the u.s things have to have a closet to be considered a bedroom um so uh people will add closets in order to up the number of bedrooms so that their house gets appraised higher um and if you are building from scratch to new building standards in the u.s usually in most cases you're going to need a closet um i will also say having lived in both places with no closet like in europe where they're much more uncommon and here in the u.s i do not agree with them being space inefficient um i think that uh built-in closets are incredibly space efficient compared to getting a freestanding wardrobe especially like Remember in the U.S., especially in rentals, we move a lot more often than like Germany is a great example of like everybody, you stay forever because a lot of people rent in Germany and you like buy your kitchen appliances when you move into a rental, which is wild and like your cabinets. Um, But one of the problems, if you move regularly and you're getting freestanding wardrobes, you then like it's not necessarily going to fit into your next place. And And like it's expensive to move too, right. And they're expensive to move or you've got to like sell it to the next person who rents from you. Um, And the freestanding, they, they fit their, they're in the plans. So I generally think closets are great comparatively. 
Um, another another example of the efficiency of the space is the closets get built all the way to the ceiling. Yeah. And then that means you actually get all of that usable space. But a freestanding wardrobe, most of them are not super tall. And even when they are tall, they're often not actually ceiling height because that would be impossible to move. So you are wasting space above it. You Almost also always. have to remember that people in the U.S. have too much stuff. Yeah. Because we uh, are a consumer-driven society and um, we have been the richest country in the world for a long time. And because of that, we have too much stuff, so we need closets to store all this stuff in. That said, I do think that move, removing the closet from the karaoke room was the right decision. Yeah, and I, but I also think, well, if it we end up turning it into a bedroom, like in the future, mm-hmm. it's no longer a karaoke room, and we have a renter in there or what? I, you know, any, we're we're not planning to move after this, so life is going to change. Um, we may look into either framing a closet in, or uh, we'll get a wardrobe yep. that works in this space. So it's a future us problem. Yep. Um, but for karaoke room, I think we made the right decision. Slash workout room slash guest room. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you already, did you answer? No, that? no. Scott says, how will you ventilate the network nook? Uh, so that is under the stairs that goes, it's kind of like outside your office, under the stair closet thing. Um, either it's just going to have a vent that p- pulls air to the outside and it's just, it'll just be always on. Or it'll actually be a vent that pulls air up to the main part of the house. I don't know which one makes the most sense yet. Um, the advantage of not pushing the air outside is that uh, when there's fires outside and the air is full of smoke, we kind of want the house to be sealed up. So yeah. the less openings, the better. Even though it is pulling air out, it doesn't always yeah. work. As we've way, learned. But, um, and the other advantage of pushing the air to the inside is it is going to generate heat and that would also help heat the rest of the house instead of yep. ejecting the heat. So, yeah. Either way, definitely needs to be a fan in to get the hot air out of the little closet under the stairs. Yep. Uh, I think that's it. Is that a last question? Let's just talk really quickly about this one. So this is a suggestion for a recommendation for Lutron Cassetta, which is the current one that we're thinking of. And this is another recommendation, but for Wiz by Philips. Oh, that's weird. I haven't heard of Wiz. I, currently, we have a bunch of Hue bulbs in the apartment, which I do like a lot, but they're not really going to work for uh, for here. But uh, apparently, the Wiz ones solve the problem that the Hue bulbs have. So may have to look into that. Okay. We're going to do... We'll definitely have more home automation videos oh, coming yeah. as we get to the point where we the house is no longer just a shell of plywood. Once we're starting to actually run the wires for light switches and stuff. Not we are physically running the Well, he, Aaron might be running some of the wires, but... I, I legally can't run the uh, most of the wires. Okay. Because it's of the of building codes. Okay. But... Some. I will be pointing to places on the wall and telling, <laughs> telling people to run wires between them. All right. Well, I think that was a lot of questions that we answered yeah. um, and and probably um, had more questions. So uh, we'll see. But thank you all for commenting and for watching this. Like we are doing, I think we've said this, like we're mostly doing this project to document it for ourselves and to talk you out of building a triplex. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been great. This is literally, this feels like the old school version of a video diary like people used to use on uh, YouTube for. And uh, it's a, you know, maybe a little bit boring of a video diary because it's mostly us sitting here. But um, 
Uh, it's been really delightful to see everybody's comments and, uh, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So it's great to get your feedback because everybody has little bits of knowledge that's helpful. Even if it's just stuff you've been annoyed by in your house that Mm -hmm. you want to be like, don't do this. Uh, it's been really great. So please keep commenting, uh, like subscribe, uh, and we'll see you next one till then. Don't build a triplex. (laughs) 